Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome back, Sam Hartman. Hartman steps up, throwing deep again, and it is gone for a touchdown. Hartman will keep it, and he'll score. Hartman, though, lofts it up, looking for six, got it. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. Hartman pulls it back, looking end zone, touchdown, Deacons. Hartman throws, caught, touchdown. You're up, Hartman on a nice read will hot skip his way to sixth. Hartman to the air, banks the catch, touchdown Blake Forrest. What a throw! 23 years old, he's seen about everything, and that just helps calm the rest of his team down. Hartman gonna carry it to the end zone, touchdown! Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. We're halfway through the 5 o'clock hour here in your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. If you're just turning on your radio, if you've had social media shut off today, we've got a pleasant surprise for you. Even though it was expected, Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman in town today, making it official. He is joining the Fighting Irish for the 2023 season of the all-time touchdown passing leader in ACC history will play his final season of college football for the Fighting Irish. Joining me right now from Las Vegas, I think it is fair to say from the sports wagering world, he is the biggest Notre Dame football fan, Tim Murray, the co-host of VEASAN's Primetime Show, which is going to be getting started in about 29 minutes. So we greatly appreciate him joining us here for a couple of moments on WSBT Radio. Tim, I would have to imagine that you, as a Notre Dame football fan, have to be pretty excited about the news today. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great day. Um, you know, we had feelings. I know the that this would happen uh, December twenty third or so. Um, it was kind of reported by uh, I think Connor O'Neill. I want to give him credit down at Wake Forest, who covers uh, the Demon Deacons, had reported that this was likely, um, but. You know, for a, for a long time, it was kind of wondered, right, who is going to be that guy? Is it going to be Hudson Card, or is it going to be somebody else? And I don't think, by the way, uh, my co-host here thinks that they wanted Michael Pratt over the ACC touchdown <laughs> leader. He, he just, he's just a little excited about his two-lane green wave. Of course, of course, my co-host is uh, Sean King, who has played on the second-best two-lane team in uh, school history. Oh, <laughs> I can hear him um, laughing. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, as he was being very rude, uh, it's, it's a great day. I mean, look, they got to play the games. But, you know, the way I was thinking about it, Darren, and we can, you know, I'm sure you brought this up, and you and I have exchanged DMs and, and differing opinions on how the offense is called. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, Tommy Reese, with what they had at wide receiver, and, yes, they had an all-world tight end, I'm not denying that, and a quarterback in Drew Pine that 
probably exceeded anybody's wildest expectations. Now you've got a 24-year-old quarterback who has set the ACC record for touchdowns that lit up Clemson this year through the air, and, and now you've got him coming into Notre Dame, and you've got a full year for Tommy Reese and this offense to, to utilize – a essentially what would have been a you know sixth or seventh round pick quarterback into this offense. So you know Notre Dame fans should be elated. Uh, they shouldn't be done yet in the portal. I know there's you know defensive things to go after, but to get Sam Hartman in my eyes, you know I, I, I'll be honest, and, and I'm not saying this just because he landed at Notre Dame. I didn't understand why the likes of a DJ Uyunglele or Devin Leary were rated higher than him mm-hmm. in some website. I didn't understand that because the production is undeniable of what he did at Wake Forest. Just to clean up one thing, I think Sean was at the Tulane Bowl game when the College Game Day show was going on. Reese Davis inadvertently mentioned Sean King as the national championship quarterback at Tulane. Does he know that? I did not. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Reese Davis called you the national championship quarterback at Tulane. He quickly so corrected it. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't need the ego boost, Darren. So I'll. Uh, I guess. <laughs> right back to Hartman. I'll say this, Tim. Yeah. I sat in the press box for the Notre Dame Alabama championship game in 2012. Notre Dame had a fantastic season. They arrived early, I think, to that status. But that game showed us how far they had to come in all areas of their program to get to the level of an Alabama. And Tim, they have come a long way in so many areas. Their offensive and defensive line play is completely different from the group we saw back then. And that's not being negative about them, but it has improved so much. It has brought them now to that edge of being a championship level team. But from my standpoint, the one thing they have not been able to fix, and this is part of our, I think, debate on DMs, Tommy calling plays, I don't have a problem with for the most part, but quarterback recruiting has not been good enough from a Notre Dame standpoint to win a championship. But I think it's starting to change with Minchie coming in in this class, who a lot of people love, C.J. Carr, a high expectation for this kid, and you got to count Sam Hartman. This is the Aaron Judge signing of free agency in college football. Tommy Reese got the best guy available, so... I think everything is on the upside in an area where I've had concerns the last few years. Well, and I think that's fair uh, because, you know, they thought, you know, when, when Brandon Wimbush signed a high four-star out of New Jersey, okay, this is a guy that could be, you know, lead him to the next level. And ultimately, right, it was a, a three-star quarterback in Ian Book that exceeded, obviously, any expectations of, of what he was going to be, a guy that was a former Washington State commit. And then he ends up, you know, being the all-time leader in wins. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, him, his play, obviously, but also the way that the program had recruited. And it has been surprising, I think, to a lot of people, including myself, that Notre Dame hasn't been able to find that guy a quarterback for, for a long time. You know, Brady Quinn, you know, being what he was mm-hmm. in the, you know, the oh, you know, four or 05, 06 seasons was obviously, you know, still remembered very well but since then you know Dane Chris was a five-star didn't pan out um you know Ian Book so many others have, have just have been good but you know you saw it when Notre Dame played Clemson or Notre Dame played Alabama in the, in the respective playoffs that just the quarterback play wasn't there and we'll see if Sam Hartman is that guy um but I think to your to your point you know once Dante Moore didn't commit 
and that seemed to be a foregone conclusion. I'm sure there was a lot of pessimism regarding Tommy Reese as a recruiter, but to get someone like Minchie to flip from Pitt and a guy that some people are really high on in this class, to get C.J. Carr, who obviously has all of the ties to Michigan, to come to Notre Dame, and early thoughts are that he could be a five-star you know, in the 2024 class. And then ultimately, and I think this goes into a bigger question too, is, the NIL collective at Notre Dame, I don't know the specifics, but clearly they were able to come together and put together a pretty darn good package to, to land Sam Hartman. I don't know if it was solely you know, NIL reasons that he came to Notre Dame. I think a lot of it had to do with you know, playing in front of an offensive line with a run game like Notre Dame will have next year. But I'm sure he's getting paid a decent chunk of change, and that is debunking maybe some you know, thoughts of the NIL because of the the frustration over a Peyton Bowen, a Keon mm-hmm. Keeley, you know, et cetera, not being a part of this program. So I think all in all, this signing is 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 great in the sense that you're getting an incredibly productive quarterback to come into Notre Dame next year when you had massive questions. And secondarily, I look at it as this way, you know, as you alluded to, I think Tommy Reese has shown that he's a pretty darn good recruiter uh, to get, you know, three solid pieces to come into the quarterback room over the next, you know, year and a half. And then the NIL component is is certainly there. Um, You know, I think it is maybe uh, a bit overblown that they don't do anything in the NIL market. That's just not true. Michael Mayer was making a lot of money. Um, You know, Kyle Hamilton was making a lot Mm -hmm. of money. You know, you come to Notre Dame and you're productive, you're going to get paid like anywhere else in the country. Tim Murray, co-host of Eason's Primetime Show, which will start in just a couple of moments here. Joining me talking about Sam Hartman picking the fighting hours today. So what was your takeaway from Marcus Freeman's first year as a head coach? Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, ups and downs. And I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, the, the loss. The losses really stung the Marshall and Stanford one. I think the Stanford one was more surprising than Marshall, even though that Mount sounds crazy. But you think you're coming off the Ohio State game, you lose to Marshall, who ends up being a pretty darn good group of five program, a game you shouldn't lose, obviously. But then the Stanford game was really surprising. You know, I saw them the week before here in Las Vegas play really well against BYU. But I think the biggest takeaway for me, Darren, about Notre Dame this year under Marcus Freeman is, you know, to end on a high beating South Carolina, to overcome the mistakes that they made in that South Carolina game to you know, give up a touchdown on special teams, two pick sixes. You could see that this team bought in, you know, and there were a lot of questions about is the moment too big for Marcus Freeman? I'm not going to say here and say that he's going to win a national championship. That's, that's a lofty expectation. But I think Notre Dame as a program is in really good hands. They still need to get better. They need to close out on some of these big-time recruits that they were able to you know, land initially and then ultimately not close the door. But still, at the end of the day, they had a top 10 recruiting class, which is, which is really solid. And, you know, I think if you're looking at Notre Dame versus, let's say, in Oklahoma or even, yeah, let's just compare those two because those are two predominant defensive coordinators that took over big brands in college football. I mean, Notre Dame had a far better year. Oklahoma has had a lot of buzz here in, in recruiting, um, but – you know, Oklahoma had some really ugly losses. Well, I think the highs to beat Clemson in the fashion that they did to close out the year against the South Carolina team and, you know, have over 200 you know, yards over South Carolina, despite some of those mistakes. I do think as, 
you know, some people might roll their eyes because it was the Gator Bowl. It's not a big-time bowl. Notre Dame hasn't won a major bowl since, you know, the 94 Cotton Bowl against A&M. I still think winning that bowl game kind of satisfies the masses. You're going to be a top-20 team. You finished off with a win over, you know, Clemson, who will finish, what, top 12, wherever they may be. They were the ACC champs. You continue to prove that over the years that you are the class of the Atlantic Coast Conference. I know Notre Dame's not a part of it, Darren, but look, they haven't lost a, a conference game or an ACC game since <laughs> yeah. 2017. So the, the conference that they're aligned with, they continue to dominate, and that dominance didn't go anywhere this year. They were able to to continue that, and I think it really showed that the beat, the, the win over Clemson, the fashion that they had, and then I think one game that you know is underrated maybe in the eyes of folks nationally is to go to North Carolina and just absolutely put it on the Tar Heels. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really impressive. And then the Syracuse win. Look, Syracuse fell apart, but at the time, you know, people really thought, you know, as I would say on my show, Notre Dame was a real, or Syracuse was a really big trendy dog. People going to understand that line. And Notre Dame flexed their muscles in that game. So I love the fact that as the year went on, they really went back to their DNA, which is we've got an awesome offensive line. We've got three studs in the backfield. We can do it. Now, USC is going to keep getting better. Obviously, Ohio State comes to town next year, so it's not going to be easy. Clemson's going to want revenge down there in Death Valley. But uh, nine and four, you know, look, the Vegas win total was eight and a half. So did they underachieve? Yeah, slightly. They won eight games. But I think to beat Clemson in the fashion that they did to keep mm-hmm. the ACC winning streak going, all in all, solid. Not great, not good, solid first year. as a first-year head coach at one of the hardest places to coach in the world. And I think all in all, I think Marcus Freeman is, uh, has got the program headed in the right direction. And today is another wonderful day, you know, for them to have clarity at the quarterback position heading into Navy in Dublin in, in late August. Two really quick ones. Number one, do you have a lean for Georgia TCU? What the Bulldogs favor by twelve and a half right now? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to go against the trendy dog. Uh, a lot of people are on TCU. I understand why. Uh, maybe I'm the I'm the party pooper going against you know Cinderella here. But uh, I'm going to lay it with Georgia as Ari Wasserman from the Athletic uh, coined the phrase "stars matter," and uh, mm-hmm. you alluded to it. The uh, the national championship that you were in the press box and I was sitting on the in the stands. Uh, I knew the moment Alabama walked onto that field, we were in a whole world of hurt. And uh, that was the case. Uh, I think that happens again. So uh, it's been an incredible run. Uh, but do remember that TCU scored on a pair of pick sixes, had a fumble at the one-yard line go their way, another goal line stand. Uh, so I don't think Georgia's going to make mistakes like that. So, yeah, I'm going to be the guy who's going to lay the number. I'm going to roll with the dogs uh, on Monday night. Okay, and at the end of my program each night, I come up with four sports wagering suggestions. It's called We Going to Sizzler, based on the old movie White Men Can't Jump. So one of them is a hockey play, and I know your co-host is the king of hockey. So if he's sitting there, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. I got Bruins Kings under six goals tonight. What does he say? Uh, Puck Stradamus, he has Bruins Kings under six. Do you yay or nay? He's, he said his he said he's okay with that. His play of the night is the Oilers, so he's rocking with the Oilers. All right, I like that. Very good. Hey, when Puck Nardamas agrees with me, I I feel really really fortunate. <laughs>
How about that? Tim, thanks for doing this on short notice. I know you got a show to do, folks. You can catch Tim and Sean at the top of the hour on VEASAN's primetime show. All the best to you. We'll talk to you soon more about this Notre Dame football team. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Darren. Thank you so much. Tim Murray, co-host, VEASAN's primetime show with Sean King. They're on the air at the top of the hour out in Vegas. That's a pretty good gig. Talking sports, sports wagering. You're in a sports casino, people walking all over the place. You got all the games on the screens. You got all the, the wagering going there. That's that's pretty doggone good. I like that. All right, 15 minutes in front of the top of the hour. Sam Hartman has picked the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We'll continue that conversation throughout the program. We will have our Twitter question of the day coming up next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 